Kia ora and welcome to Business Your Way, a podcast where I take you behind the scenes and look at the strategies, systems and support needed to grow and scale an online service business. One that not only supports you and your family financially, but one that gives you the freedom to live the life of your dreams. I'm taking the many lessons learnt over the last two decades of running my own business and working with hundreds of clients to bring you what's working now conversations. I'm pulling back the curtain to bring you real stories from real people, including myself. We're going to talk about everything from how to get clarity on your vision, creating systems so you can automate and delegate, how to hire a kick-ass team that creates raving, returning and referring clients. We're even going to talk about how to kick those limiting beliefs to the curb so that you can flourish in your business. I'm your host, Sandra Julian, an Indigenous mama of three, fashion-loving sewist and business strategist. Each week, I want to help you dream big, plan well, and do the work to grow and scale your business your way. Kia ora and welcome to this week's episode of Business Your Way. Today is a little bit of a change from what I have recently been sharing here on the podcast. Usually you get uh, guest episodes and then you get solo episodes from me. This week's a little bit of a change and is the first time that I'm doing this on the podcast is that I am resharing an interview that I did on somebody else's podcast. So in March of this year, Rachel Writer approached me about being a guest on her podcast. Rachel is the creative director, brand strategist and mentor at Hopscotch Branding Studio. And she works closely with flourishing female entrepreneurs to create their heartfelt brand personalities that really attract their dream customers and align them with the vision that they have for their business. Rachel is amazing. I first met Rachel about three years ago when we joined a mastermind and her and I have stayed in contact ever since. Rachel has been a guest here on this podcast. So if you want to take a listen to the interview that I did with Rachel, skip on back to episode nine. So when Rachel approached me to be a guest on her podcast, which is called Brand Lovers, it was all about me talking about building my business as my family grew. And as you may have gathered or that I've shared here on the podcast, my kids are now young adults. But I started my business when my, gosh, when my oldest child was preschool. And so I've been in business for, you know, over two decades. And in that time, I've raised three kids through their schooling and out the other side. And now they are all working adults. So Rachel was keen to have me on her podcast to talk about what were the lessons that I learned as I was growing my business and raising my family. And I don't think that I've really shared my journey with entrepreneurship 
on any other platform. I don't I don't think I've even really shared this much detail on this podcast, which is why I thought I would ask Rachel if it would be okay if she would allow me to you know, share the recording from her podcast over here on this podcast. I don't want to give too much of what's on the episode away, but we talk about a whole lot of things, not only raising a family and growing a business, but we talk about what I learned in niching down, how I learned to attract my ideal customers and who they were, accepting the evolution of my brand like I've had the same business name for 20 years but it has evolved over time when I look back at the different designs that we've had and how it's manifested in a graphic even how it's manifested and how I talk about the brand what the brand stands for it's all evolved over the years and Rachel was really good at asking me all of these questions about my business and how that worked alongside my family. And then we ended our chat together with her asking me around what I learned over the years and if I had any uh, words of wisdom for people who are in that exact position. So I'm not going to you know, go into too much more detail here. But if you want to connect with Rachel or even go and listen to her podcast, I'm going to put some links in the show notes so you can connect with her on Instagram, go and check out her website and her work. It is absolutely beautiful. And yeah, go and have a listen to her podcast. All right, here is Rachel's conversation with me. Welcome to Brand Lover. Honest, real, and lively conversations for flourishing entrepreneurs and budding business owners on a mission to cultivate a heartfelt brand that connects with their purpose-driven mission. My hope is that you walk away feeling inspired and refreshed with a weekly takeaway in your back pocket that you can apply to your life or business. Welcome to my beautiful friend, Sandra Julian. I am going to let her introduce herself because she is... Oh, there's just so many facets to this incredible woman. Um, and I'm so grateful to have her with her, with us today because um, her wisdom is, it never ceases to amaze me. So welcome, Sandra. I'm so excited to chat with you today. Rachel, thanks for inviting me to be on the podcast. I am super excited to reveal the many layers that is me um and you know being on a a journey of business since my kids were young you know I look back at those earlier days in business and I'm like gosh if only I had someone who could have shared the wisdom maybe I my path would have been different but I am excited to be here with you and to share and hopefully, yeah, I suppose impart some wisdom of the 20 plus years that I've been in business in order wow. that it might help somebody else. I'm 100% sure that it will. So tell us a little bit about Sandra. <laughs> well, let me tell you around maybe what I currently do and then we'll backtrack. Sounds good. Um so I am the founder of a multi-six-figure business event agency uh, with a team of, oh gosh, I think we've got about six or seven now. 
um, but also a business coach and mentor helping other service-based businesses establish the systems and operations within their business so they can get out of that hustle mode Mm. and stop sacrificing their family, their freedom, and their finances for their business and start Mm. getting a bit more balance because we've been able to systemize, automate, or delegate stuff that's in our business. So, yeah. I'm excited to get into that. Mm. later Mm -hmm. but first I would like to go back in time let's get into the time machine (laughs) (laughs) how did it all begin for you how did your business journey um, begin how did you go about establishing your event agency and what were you even doing before that yeah so when we established the business and it wasn't even my idea. Like I don't think that I would be here if the seed wasn't planted by somebody else. Wow. So yeah, I, I never really had that thought in my brain that I could operate my own business. Mm. I don't know why I never had that thought. It was probably because I didn't see it around me. It wasn't something that was in my family or, yeah, everyone worked for a living. We came yeah. from that kind of working class family, right? Yeah. Uh, and so I was teaching, I was teaching adults at the time at Polytechnic and I was teaching business computing and administration. Oh. So I was, you know, teaching students um, administration so they could go out there and get a job as an administrator within a business or do kind of admin type work in a mm-hmm. business. And so these were adults. These weren't like fresh out of fresh out of school. Yeah. Uh, these were adults who were looking to move back into the workforce, you know, mainly women mm-hmm. um, looking to move back into the workforce. So I was doing that. And that meant that I was part of like a business community and my kids were really young when I got approached for that job because I got headhunted for that job. Mm. Um, I was pregnant with my first child mm. and I got approached and they said, you know, would you come and teach um, business computing and admin? And I'm like, what do I know about teaching? I was at that time a legal executive in a law firm and I'd been oh. in there for most of my 20s. Yeah. Yeah, doing like legal executive and law firm type work. Uh, even when I was living in Australia, I was doing paralegal type work. So I so like, what do I know? Anyway, they were like, you've got all the skills we need. We'll give you, you know, the lesson plans, the curriculum, and yeah. we'll just leave you to teach it. We've got the support. And I'm like, what the heck? I can take my baby with me wow. in the classroom and I can teach while being the mum, my while being this new mum. And that was really appealing. So I'm like, gosh, if they think I can do it, I get to bring my baby. I'm just gonna believe I can. Yeah. And so that was kind of that first step of going to work with first child and trying to learn to balance mum work life. So that was the introduction to kind of being a working mum. And then during that journey, uh, one of the other, couple of the other ladies that were there, uh, we had the opportunity to 
come together and put on a business conference. There was a group of us from like the business community um, and they were like, we want to do this business conference. Uh, you know, would you be interested in, you know, having input, coming input? We get to our first meeting and they go, all right, we need we need somebody to run this. Who's going to put their hand up to actually, you know, look after the program, look after the venue, do all of these things. Mm. And so we got about, there was about four of us that kind of put a hand up and they went, yeah, we're up for that. And then the rest of the group were like, yeah, no, we'll just help you, give you input, give you feedback. We don't have the time. So it naturally formed us into this group who were prepared to do the hands-on and the group who were just prepared to give advice. Anyway, we carried through that process, came out the other end of that. That conference was the first day of that conference I gave birth to my second child. Oh, wow. So I didn't even get to go to this conference that I had organized. Um, Yeah, so that was, that's the milestone that I kind of put in the ground. Now, my second child just turned 23 at the end of last year. Wow. That was how my business journey started because after that first conference, then the four of us that were involved, one of them said, I'm out. The other three of us said, geez, we could do this over and over and over. Now we've done it once. Maybe we can put ourselves out there and organize conferences for other people. So that's what we did. We kind of formulated ourselves into this little wee partnership and then did some advertising and said we're available. And then through networks, we got our next event. So it it carried on like that. And then we started getting other work. So when people were like, oh, you've got your own business. Um, I'm having trouble with my GST or can you help me? I don't know how to register my business with the Inland Revenue and get a number and get started. Uh, I don't know how to do an employment contract. Um, So they had all of these other questions. So then our business evolved into more of a business support type service where we were helping other business owners establish their systems, their operations, their budget, their reporting, their software. We were doing all of that for our clients. So then we decided this is a real thing. Mm. We can give up our day jobs and go all in on our business. By this stage, we'd got down to just two of us. So there was me and another person and we decided that we would formalize it with a company. Like we'd tested it with the partnership, formalized it with a company and then open an office. So we had a physical office, which we opened. Wow. Um, And one of us who I think I was the first one who gave up my, gave up my day job because I just had, by this time, I just had my third child. Wow. Um, when we opened the office, he was born a month later. Uh, so we opened the office on the 1st of April. He was born on the 5th of May. So all of these milestones are around my kids. Amazing. <laughs> 
Uh, and yeah, and so then I was working full time in the business, being paid by the business, yeah. um, while my business partner was still doing part time, working her day job. Yeah. And then eventually she gave up her day job, and we were both working in the business full time, business paying us. Um, and away we went. And then, so we were doing a couple of things like conferences, or we were doing events, we were doing literally anything anyone asked us to do. Mm-hmm. We would go, "Yep, we'll yeah. do that." So it was a lot. Yeah. So three years into that business, um, my business partner said, yeah, I want to go and now set up a business with my husband. Um, I want to go do this other thing. So then we, I had to make the decision, right? Is yeah. Gosh, that was fun. Do I put that in a box, say that was a good experience and then go get a job mm. because the way that our businesses landed was I was more the person in the office looking after how the business operated, the team that we had, were we all functioning, delivering the work, processes, check boxes, yeah. all the ticks and balances. And my business partner, she was a bit more out in the community, networking, making relationships, securing work, bringing it in. So, and that was because my kids were young Mm. and I was needed that kind of stability, consistency Mm. in my life. So that's why I had to decide, gee, can I carry on this business? How will I bring work in the door when I've relied on her to do that? Yeah. So I, I was at this crossroads of what do I do? And I'm like, well, I've come this far to not keep going. Yeah. Like, we've established we have a viable business. We have a team of people. Um, we can do this. I can do this. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, so then I decided that it was time to get serious. I think I'd, I don't know, been playing around, thought I was playing around. Or <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, just – it seemed easy. Like I turned yeah. up to work, did my work. We had clients. We were keeping them happy. Yeah. People were coming to us. It was, it, it seemed easy. Um, but then to have that, all that responsibility on me, mm. it took a change in the way I was thinking. Mm. It was like, can I do this? And I'm like, why not? Yeah. So I then decided that I would go all in and trust myself and work out how I would grow this business. Mm. Uh, And so then it took many iterations over the years um, and we moved away from doing all of the management support. So all of the accounting and um helping people with their employment agreements and the induction of staff. We moved away from all of that um, and we didn't, we stopped looking for new clients with that. So then we were just an event agency. Yeah. And we were doing community events, cultural events, um, sporting events, as well as conferencing seminar type work. And it was exhausting because mm. even though they're transferable skills, they're different in the way that you need to think about them with the risk that comes with them, with the mm-hmm. audience is different. The audience has different expectations and outcomes. So, mm. and with the community events, it relies on funding. So you have to get your funding. Mm. Yeah. And so then 
it's a lot of work for not a lot of return. Uh, with that, with the business events, you're dealing with that business to business community, you know. And the other thing was, is like I like pretty clothes and nice shoes, so let me choose <laughs> business events compared to my track shoes and my, you know, yeah. jeans over here in the community events. Yeah. So that was my simplistic decision making on which track that I got. <laughs> I love that. Uh, and that's how I, I kind of took that journey to niche down. You know, yes. everyone talks about how do you choose a niche? It's like you got to try everything because mm-hmm. you're early in business. But after you've got to that point of you've proven that you can get the clients, you can do the work, then what do you enjoy doing? Yeah. And what's your rationale for then moving one step closer to that niche, if you like. Yeah. And a niche, for me, a niche isn't a person because we deal with all kinds of businesses. We deal with um, creative sector, the um, leaderships, you know, women in leadership. We deal with government sector. We, we deal with a wide range of clients. Our niche is what we do. So we do business events. Yeah. Um, as opposed to community events or sporting events or any other kind of events. We do business events. Yes. And so if you want a business event, then we can help you. I think, yeah, that's so such a good point that people get so scared of niching, but quite often it's just a natural evolution as you lean mm. into what's working and what feels really good and what lights you up. Like if you don't love what you're doing, you won't have the motivation to stay the course. This is the... This is the whole thing, but there's so many different ways to niche and that's exciting because it makes it less restrictive. Yeah. Yeah. And I agree. It's like, don't force it. It will evolve. So you have to find out what you like, what you don't like, how, why the clients are coming to you for a particular thing. That Mm. took me a while to work out. I was just like, yeah, I can Mm. do your business event, put my hand up. Um, And when they came in, I was like, oh, do I want to work with this kind of client or not? Do I want to do this or don't I? What lights me up? What doesn't? How can I get repeatable around this? Mm. And when you start thinking about those things, then I think how you lean into that becomes a natural evolution. Yeah. Yeah, mm. I totally agree. And I I, I never thought of it as niching down. I yeah. just thought of it like this is hard. Like doing community events and business events, this is hard. And I can't get the staff, like my team, to actually go across both because mm. they required different ways of thinking and being yeah. in order to do the two different types of events. So in my head, it was like, this is hard. I need to make this simple. How Mm. does this get simple? Okay, I need to give up one of these things and believe that by going, leaning in over here is going to grow my business. Yeah. As opposed to having that lack mindset that if I get rid of one, then I lose income, then I'm going to be limited to this income. Yeah. Actually, when you lean in, you open up. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a 
strange feeling, mm. but it it does naturally happen. Yeah. When you lean in, things open up. Yeah. When one door closes, another one opens. Yeah. And you mm. just have to trust that, don't you? Like there's such that element yeah. of just going, okay. <laughs> yeah. 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 And, and you do have to flow. believe. Yeah. 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 You have to believe that when one door closes, there's another one waiting mm. to be opened for you. Yeah. There has yeah. to be. Mm. There just mm-hmm. has to be. And there always is, always is what be. I've come to realize is yeah. there always is. Yeah. So we we had a client because one of my other things in my event agency has always been about how do I secure repeat business? Mm. I want repeat clients. So I'm targeting the clients who have annual events and I want to be with them over time, over multiple years. Mm. And I worked on it and it came into being. Mm. But part B of that is your clients aren't your clients forever. You will eventually lose that client because they change their strategy. They change what they want to do. Their business model evolves as well. And then they don't want to do that event or their personnel change and then you're not aligned with the new people. Yeah. So then you don't fit together anymore. They want someone else to work with. You've had enough of them. You part ways. And that might be after many years of being their their person, you know? So we we started an event for a client. It was a new concept. They came to us and said, we want to do this thing we think we're going to get 250 people, but we don't know. We're not sure where to start. So I helped them build the entire thing. Mm. And eight years later, they had three conferences in three different cities, all attracting 500 plus people per event. Wow. And then they decided that they wanted to, it was changing people in the management, Mm. their business had evolved and They thought it was good practice, good business practice, good procurement practice to go to market. Um, Mm -hmm. And so they went to market and I'm like, yeah, I'm out. Yeah, wow. Because I don't want to compete based on price, which is probably what you're going to do. So I'm out. And I had to say goodbye to that amount of business. Now, that was no small amount of business. You know, that was... It was over six figures from one client per year. And so I had to be okay with going goodbye. Like I'm not, I don't want to go through that procurement process when I think it's time for us to part. I have got you from there to here. Mm. You now have a great event with some great, milestones and benchmarks that you want to hit you're clear about what it is that you're delivering now I need to give it to somebody else to feed new blood into to get more creative with or you know to bring new things to Mm. but for my business I'm like oh oh my gosh like that's that's over six figures of income massive that I need to replace yeah wow another door opened and a new client walked in. Isn't that and amazing? I'm, yeah, and I'm now doing three of their events. 
that I wasn't doing before. Yes. So I just had to believe that that wasn't going to be detrimental to my business. I just had to yeah. believe that another door was waiting to open for me. Yeah. And and it did. Yeah. And I think that's such a like such a great testimony because as service-based businesses, like we you and I have talked about this before, there is a natural ebb and flow through the seasons. Um, but for a lot of service-based businesses, like I see this sort of fear mindset or the lack mindset of like, oh, I've booked until like I've got bookings, but then what? Like I don't have any more bookings after that. And they get they get afraid and they shrink down <laughs> instead of keeping on going and trusting that that work is still going to flow and it has a detrimental effect on their actual, on the way that, you know, the way that, that they're growing. Mm. Um, and so, but it's so hard. Like it's it's actually really hard to find that, to trust, like to, obviously it comes over time, it comes more naturally, but I remember when I first started and it's hard when you first start, you do have gaps. Like it's, you don't have that constant flow. You just have to kind of roll with it. <laughs> and mm. Yeah, and it, it's, it takes a lot of time and I think a lot of maturity um, yeah. to be able to just say, because you have no control over it. Like obviously if you're doing all the right things in your marketing. Um, yeah, and I think part of that is doing the inner work mm. in your own mind. Yeah, you know, and I think that's something that I've come to realize in these later years in business, you know, yeah. these more recent years is yeah. back in my early days, I was missing the inner work. I was missing my mindset mm. work around where my business was. I wasn't conscious about it. It mm. was all very subconscious. What do I need to do next? What's my next best step? Mm. In these kind of, I don't mean, later years in business, it's been around what is my inner game? Mm. How am I thinking about this? How do I need to think about this differently? Um, and I just need to believe that there is another door that's going to open because if I don't believe that, then I'm going to be stuck. Yeah. But not only do I have to believe that, I have to take the actions towards making that door open. And that's where marketing comes in. Yeah, That's exactly. where visibility comes that's in. It. That's where your networking comes in. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. You just have to keep taking those steps and trust. And it does. It works. It, it'll come. Mm. Yeah. So thank you. Thank Great. you for sharing all that so much. I've been taking notes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so... Now that you are here and you are just this sage woman who I adore, um, you're on the other side. Like you said, you're, was it your second son? He's 23 now. Your children are grown up. Um, you did this incredible, you've been on this incredible journey throughout motherhood, which on its own is, a, is an incredible journey. Um, looking back, like what types of challenges did you face balancing everything? And do you have any sort of gold nuggets that you can share with those of us who are still in the trenches. <laughs> yeah. And I think part of the early days when my babies were young, mm. so when they were all kind of that preschool, it was, I want to have them near me. So mm. I didn't put my kids into preschool until they were like one. Mm-hmm. Um, so that first year, 
I needed to be able to organize myself so I could work and look after. Yeah. So that's where having my own business was a blessing because back, you know, 20 odd years ago, the flexibility around work was just not there. Yeah. So you had to be in the office at 8.30. You couldn't bring your kids and you needed to be there till five. There wasn't this flexibility of the hours that we work, the days that we work, Mm. or even being part-time wasn't really a thing either. It was Mm. like you were 40 hours or you were none at all. So wow, yeah, those were hard. So having our own business back then was like, this works for me because this is what I want is to have my babies close Mm. to be able to do what I need to do Mm. and still be the mum. So when we put them into uh, like daycare and it was kohanga so it went from nine to three. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so we were really clear as parents that we always wanted to drop our kids at school Mm -hmm. and we always wanted to pick them up at yeah. 3 or 3.30, yeah. whatever that is. So those were our agreed, however that worked, that's what we were going to do as parents. Mm-hmm. So that was our like foundation. Yeah. And then we worked together around mm. who was dropping the kids at school. Usually it was me mm. um, because husband had full-time job. So he was employed, full-time yeah. job. So usually... I took the kids to school and then like went to work in those very early days. Mm -hmm. But because I could take my babies to work and it was only five minutes down the road, Mm -hmm. that was easy. I could drop the kids off and five minutes be, you know, at work. Yeah. With one, maybe one kid in tow. Yeah. And then when we moved into our own business, then again, I didn't start work until after I dropped the kids off. But I had to be in the office because we didn't have these networked systems. Yeah, yeah. If you wanted to work on on the business software. You had to be in the office. Yeah, there wasn't a thing as remote working. Yeah, <laughs> you couldn't bring your work home. No, we couldn't. Yeah, or you had to put put a document onto your laptop and then take that home, then get back into the office and put it back into a shared drive because. Yeah. The shared drive only lived in the office. Yeah. So, yeah, so there those things like that we had to navigate um, as well. Um, but how did I juggle that was that I did things after the kids went to bed. Mm. Uh, and I had a support network. So, I like, I don't think I could have done what I did without my mum. Like I I really I relied on her lots. And if I needed her to, you know, go pick the kids up, she could. Yeah. Um, or if you could come babysit because we've got this on, she would. So she was very active um with helping me as my kids were young. Mm. But I I did spend a lot of time yeah working when the kids went to bed. Mm. So I would I would literally work from nine till three. Those were my set working hours. Mm. And then after the kids went to bed, I'd do another couple of hours. 
Um, and it was because I loved it. Yeah. Not because I had to, you know, it was yeah. because I loved what I was doing. So I just made that time for me to do that. Yeah. Um, and then as the kids got older, so now they're all at primary school. And then at one stage, they were all at three different schools. Oh my goodness. Um, it was it was <laughs> juggling the school drop-offs, the oh. school pickups. And then luckily where my office was, the two kids at primary school could walk to me after work. So mm. they would walk from school, walk to my office. It would take them, I don't know, 15 minutes. And then they'd hang out in my office until 5 o'clock. Yeah. Um, and they hated it. Uh, they they just did. They were like, I'm bored, I'm hungry, I'm blah, 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 you know, all the kids' oh. things. So it was hard on my kids because yeah. I was distracted with work. And mm-hmm. so they were, I was like, well, just another like 30 minutes and then we'll go home. Yeah. But it wasn't my best work in reflection. Yeah. I should have actually just called it a day when they got to the office went home and then worked out, you know, a different way of working. But mm-hmm. again, back then I was, I don't know, I I thought I worked smartly, but now I know what I know. I'm like, oof, you weren't smoking smartly, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's, it's always that in hindsight, the things I know now, I could yeah. have done better back then. Yeah. So my kids wore the brunt of, a lot of my stress. Mm. So if I was stressed and under pressure, because we were running an event agency yeah, and deadlines are deadlines yeah. and there's time pressure. And so my kids wore the brunt of that. So I'd, you know, go home. I get home five, five thirty, then it would be tea time. I would yeah, cook tea. Yeah. Um because as much as I suppose we thought we were living a equal partnership in this parenting, mm. I was still doing the lion's share of, you know, traditional woman's work, if yeah. you like. Yeah. Um, so I would still get home, do groceries, cook dinner, Goodness. bath, bed, uh, and do all of that work. Yeah, wow. Um, hubby was there. Yeah. But I was the one leading the charge, if you like. Yeah, yeah, I understand. Um, he was just helping out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, you know, I'm like, all right, can you pick the kids up tonight? Great. All right, and I've got this out for yeah. tea. So if you could get that started, then I'll be yeah. home. So it was, I was leading the charge, we what we were eating, what we were, yeah. It was always me setting the routine, Yeah, me setting the what's going on. He was helping out. Uh, yeah, so... <laughs> And now I look back and I'm like, as was what it was because it was the era that it was. It, yeah. We thought we were being progressive, but mm. in hindsight, how that is today is much more balanced than it was back then. Yeah, but I sort of see you as like um, like a paving the way, you know, like you, yeah. you, you, you didn't know at that time mm. like what we know now, but we know yeah. It, of women like you do you know what I mean like yeah. and we're so grateful for that I can't like I'm gonna cry <laughs> what you did, like what you did opened up the doors to so many other women to go I can do that like I can have a business and raise my family and yeah you know, to be honest like some days I just 
throw my hands up in the air and I think I don't have time to have a business like it's a full-time job being a mum and and you know same my husband works outside the home so I have I do take on a lot of those traditional roles Mm. women roles yeah Yeah. whatever I don't care I love it yeah Yeah. (laughs) I'm not like whatever works for you is my philosophy but yeah um you know like it it does take that like it's like going into another gear it's like Mm. you like you have to just find that deep within you and somehow figure it out and you figured it out and whether or not you look back and you know maybe you have some regrets I'm sure I know I do already um Mm. but it's kind of like well you did it (laughs) yeah yeah and you know but I think the thing for me through the whole raising a raising a family while growing a business Mm. is that I always prioritized my relationship with my kids. Yeah. Now, my husband and I, we're now split because Mm. he came down the ladder. Mm. You know, it was my kids and my business and then hubby. Yeah. Um, And he didn't appreciate that a lot. Mm. Um, But that was all of the energy that I could muster up. Yeah. um, And so that was one of the sacrifices I suppose is Mm. I ended up sacrificing my marriage Mm. because I didn't have enough energy to go around because Mm. my priority was my kids yeah and the business because the business felt made me feel like an adult made me feel like I was capable of being in this world and functioning as an adult and yeah um and and being a I don't know weird thing to say but fully rounded human being yeah. who was capable of looking after herself and being yeah. fully independent yeah yeah <laughs> um and and that's because I come from a long line of fiercely independent women that you know they were my role models and I'm like yeah, yeah well that's that's my identity yeah that's yeah um and because I am an introvert by nature um having that much energy to do business and then kids and then husband, I'm like, whoa, that's that's just, it's a lot. Yeah. Um, But through it all, I prioritized the relationship with my kids Mm. and I prioritized them over my business, but that was a fine line as well. Yeah. So I was always like, is that really naughty or is that just like whatever? business you get my attention yeah um and you know and still to this day that relationship with my kids is my number one priority Mm. you know and as they've grown I've had to learn how to move my relationship with them from let me help you survive here's your food don't do this that'll hurt you kind of mothering nature mm. into you are a fully capable adult of making your own decisions and even if they are the mistakes you need to go through them to learn them and I'll just be over here waiting to help you navigate that when mm. you need me so mm. but business also I think my business journey helped me communicate better with my kids as they were making that transition from you know 
young child to fully grown adult because those mm. those teenage years they're ugly yeah yay <laughs> but each one of my kids was different through it yeah yeah um and so you just had to take each child as they presented themselves through those teenage years and mm. navigate what that looked like yeah and at the end of the day if they fell over you had to be there to pick them up yeah you have to be there to give them the backbone that's going to move them into being that strong, independent adult that is yeah. capable of doing whatever they desire in their life. Yeah. And that's the like that's the challenge that we face as, you know, as women or mums trying to 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 run a professional outfit and serve mm-hmm. clients and fulfill orders, but also um, having enough space in our lives to to allow for those, you know, for those times mm-hmm. when our kids need us more or we need yeah. to support our spouse more or something happens in an, a family emergency. You know, you can't just mm-hmm. call your boss and say, I need my bereavement leave. Like it's, <laughs> it's you have to figure that out and yeah. trying to sort of, you know, create a sustainable business that actually facilitates that space in your life is incredibly challenging Mm. Um, particularly for women like you and I who are really passionate about what we do like I just can Mm. I can truly I can get such tunnel vision for my business and I have in the past broken free of it now but um, like it's it can be Mm -hmm. all-consuming so you obviously as we were chatting right at the start on coming full circle you mentioned systems and procedures being your lifesaver and your lifeline Mm. So that's kind of, um, you know, where you're evolving into specialising now as a business coach. So tell us about that, that journey and sort of what made you decide to pursue that path. Yeah, and I think that is innately within me. I'm always that organised person. Hmm. I've always got to have a plan. So even, you know, as that new mum you're like right I've got to be out of bed at this time because the kid will be up at this time they need feeding we need dressing we need to be out the door to get to here by this time to do this to you know so I've always been that kind of person who Mm -hmm. thinks through my day and all of the steps involved for me to get get to the end of the day and still be standing yes and so that's how I view viewed my business as well. I'm like, all right, how can we systemize this? How do we create a template for that? How yeah. do I, when I bring on a team, how do I delegate that? And they do that how I want them to do it. All right, we need a system. They need a checklist. They need mm. to understand that this is the process. So that's the approach that I've always had in my business. And I think I've just got better and better and better at it as the years have evolved. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I've had, you know, staff leave. And then when I catch up with them at a later time, they're like, oh my gosh, I miss your systems. <laughs> I've gone to this new place and I've got nothing. And it just drives me insane. Yeah. So, like, I didn't realize that this part of me that was quite logical, methodical, um, think about if I want you to do it, then I need to give you a checklist of things that Mm. you need to 
to make sure that we're doing. I didn't realize that everyone didn't do that. Yeah. <laughs> I thought everyone did that. Yeah. You know, because it was so much within, you know, what we now call the genius zone or yeah. what I am naturally inclined to do. Yeah. That I didn't realize others didn't do it as well. So I'm like, oh, there we go. Look at that. Let me lean into that a little bit. Yeah. Um, because that's our lifesaver, right? Is if we want to keep growing our business, then we've got to learn how to prioritize what only we can do. Mm. And then the rest of it, you either need to delete it or delegate it mm. or automate it now. You know, mm. with the new systems and the technology and the AI that we now have at our fingertips, yeah. automating tasks is now a real thing. Whereas, you know, back when I started business, um, the automation wasn't really there. The automation was you get some software. You don't have to put it in a book and then use the calculator to tally that up. You now can get a piece of software that does yeah, that for you. you can code it. Um, yeah. And that was as much as that automation did. But now we have the software that can do a whole lot more for us. So how do we automate? What is the right software? Mm. And as your business grows, you can grow your software tools from one to the other because you're now at a different stage of business mm. and one become it's just making sure that you get your right tools for the the stage that you are in business so yeah i think the the systems are how we can get to grow our business while making sure that what we're producing for our clients as service-based business owners maintains the standard that we want our business to deliver. So mm. you don't have to compromise your client delivery because you are automating or delegating. Mm. And I think that's where when we put systems and processes into place, it's a combination of the tools the process, and the people. Mm. And we have to get all of those coming together and knowing where they fit in getting the job done to get the outcome to the quality that we want. So we get clients who rave about what we do for them and who refer others to us. Yeah. Mm. That's, all, that's just the dream. Yeah. All right. So in wrapping up, because uh, you've just shared so much and so, so generously. So thank you. Um, if, you know, what, what advice would you give to yourself? The late, the, the mom, the young mom, you know, had in the, you know, went babies, sleep deprivation, growing a business, um, where you are now, what would you say to her now? Yeah. You know what you know. If I was to go back, I would hire earlier mm. um, and delegate more and have clearer boundaries around work time, mm. home time. 
Yeah. I mean, I still believe that if you do what you love, it will never feel like work anyway. And we can have a life that is not nine to three or nine to five. We can have a life that is kids get, you know, seven to nine of my time from nine to 10 is my time from 10 to 12 is client time from, you know, we can make our day however, Ever we want to make it you basically and, just articulated my day yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah but we can make this however we want to when we when we move our mindset and we do yeah. the inner work around how do we want our life to be yeah and what do we want our business to give us that fuels our life as a whole mm. and I think when we can articulate what do we want our business to give us? Yeah. And then put some boundaries around that. But yeah, I would hire earlier mm. and get processes in place so your business doesn't rely on you. Mm. And when you can't be in the business because something happens to your kid or something in life becomes unexpected then you have a plan because you have processes and you have systems yeah Um, and then your business becomes an entity of its own over time like that won't happen like instantly that'll take you some getting there Um, but when you understand how to put that in place then I would have done that a lot earlier in those mm. in those earlier years. Mm. Um, and that's what I would tell myself now because in the earlier years, I was slow to employ. Mm. Um, and I didn't have I didn't have my systems in place to predict the income and get the team on board. I was like, let me, let me become totally burnt out and prove that I have my income before I get help. Yeah. Like, yeah. Okay. I, I need think... to, I would do that differently knowing what I know now. Yeah. I think, I don't think you're alone in that. Uh-huh. <laughs> so yeah. So now you are helping other service-based businesses with all of this wisdom that you have now and your incredible zone of genius um where can we find you yeah i am at sandrajulian.co which is my website mm-hmm. um but most my favorite social media hangout is instagram which again my handle is just sandrajulian.co um, but i'm also on linkedin and facebook just under my name sandra julian so if anyone wants to come out to any of those platforms, send me a DM or, you know, just reach out. I'm just happy to have a conversation. Mm. Um, And just sometimes it's just that person who needs to unblock that one thing that opens up a whole new world or a whole new way of um, being or thinking. Yeah. Um, So, yeah. Thank you so much, Sandra. I really appreciate your time and everything that you've shared today. You're welcome. It's a pleasure. Like I love talking with you. I could talk with you all day about all the things. So I do hope, you know, that sharing my journey, you know, has been helpful for somebody, you know, and where they're at and, you know, we are where we are in 
till we know better. You're right. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. Before you go today, I want to thank you for being here and listening all the way to the end. All the links to this week's episode can be found in the show notes and you can read a full blog of the episode at sandrajulian.co forward slash podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, make sure you hit that subscribe button and get new episodes as soon as they're released. If you'd like to reach out to me and chat about anything on today's episode or any of the previous episodes on the podcast, then I've got a link in the show notes so you can leave me a voice message or a video message. I really do look forward to hearing from you. Alrighty, have a productive week and I will talk to you again real soon.